1: Andrew Tate has obviously said a lot of kind of controversial things online. Yeah. What do you think about that? A lot of things are very controversial, but I think the bottom of his message is a very, very positive one. Because if I'm not on myself, nobody else will be. Nobody really cares about me if I
0: don't care about me, right? That's what I learned from Andrew Tate. You know, when you get to meet someone who's as, I guess, like popular, cultish as a leader, sometimes you get some insight into like what their charisma comes from, like how it actually happens like in meeting him and spending so much time with him like did you get a sense of like where does it come from like how is he so charismatic why is he able to appeal to so many people like what would you say is like secret sauce is
1: i think that it's no secret that men have since time immemorial felt insecure about their own masculinity and have been jealous of other men uh, who appear to be wealthier, appear to be more attractive to women, appear to be stronger and, and uh, more able to fight. Um, he basically uh, exacerbates that dilemma and presents himself as this kind of almost caricature of stereotypical masculinity. So as a man, I can understand why, if you're feeling insecure, you might want his approval, especially as a young man, a young adolescent boy, who's you know one of the main target audiences that he appeals to. Of course, it's important to remember that this is a man who's currently in jail uh, under investigation for rape and human trafficking and who through our own reporting, we've spoken to women who say that he has uh, either raped or abused them. So, you know, it's certainly I mean, it goes out saying it's obviously not the kind of man that you'd think you should want to win the approval of. And yet still, to this day, many people do.
0: When you wrap it up like that, it is sort of like there's a very dark side to this and you found many of it much of it through your own reporting can you can you talk about what you found who you talked to because i mean these are very serious allegations of sexual assault uh you were able to obtain material that maybe corroborated that allegedly so so talk to me about what you found because like it's not only that people get sent to the hospital because they get you know hit so badly in his cult so to speak alleged cult but that his actual personal actions themselves both on a micro level and maybe on a macro level allegedly, potentially, are extremely damaging.
2: Yeah, so we spoke to a number of women in our film and in our reporting around the film, mainly based in the UK. And I think what we focused on in our film was the fact that Andrew, despite his constant claims that no women have ever come forward with complaints about him, no women are ever complaining, he's never been accused of a crime in his life. This was something he would regularly say until his recent arrest. We spoke to three women who did go to the police in the UK with allegations of rape or physical assault between 2013 and 2015. And as you said, one of those sources had voice notes, text messages that appeared to be Andrew Tate corroborating that he had sexually assaulted her. I mean, for us, it was particularly harrowing to hear that Andrew Tate allegedly had been held in custody for crimes very similar for what he was later accused of in Romania, in the UK, you know, the country where we both live and yet was never, never formally charged.
0: Uh, How did Andrew Tate respond to these allegations?
2: He, of course, denied these allegations via his lawyer.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Andrew Tate is currently, or at the time of our filming, like in a prison. Is that correct? Yes. So the the timing of this is so interesting as well, because over the holidays, he obviously got into that spat with with um, the climate activist and was seemingly, you know, arrested very shortly thereafter. And and the allegations here are human trafficking, right, which is like even like it's it's crazy and it's insane and it's extremely damaging. So like when you were in his compound, did you get the sense that like something weird might be happening here? Again, this is like a spidey sense kind of question, but like-
1: It, it was mo- honestly more than a spidey sense. It was, it was <laughs> he had a, a course on his website called the PhD or the pimping hose degree, which instructed men on how to, um, shall we say, convince women to work for you in uh, a pornographic, in the pornographic industry. We directly asked him when we were there, I said, have you heard of the term lover boy before? And he immediately said, the lover boy method. So he knew what that was, which is when you kind of lure women in with the promise of uh, a romantic relationship or a flashy lifestyle and then end up making money from them exploitatively in a sex adjacent industry, such as webcam modeling, which is what he the business he ran. That is, that lover boy method is now a key part of the investigation by the Romanian police. Have you heard the term loverboy before? The loverboy method? Yeah, romantically involving yourself with a woman and then making money off of her in some sort of sex-adjacent industry.
2: Firstly, I would call the webcam industry far closer to psychology than sex. The webcam industry has prevented more male suicide than any th- group of therapists, any action group, any charity ever would
1: right? Is that true? How can you measure that? And, well, I, it's not about measuring. It's about my personal experience. One of the concerns that people have about that. Let me correct you because I'm a professional. Is that it's similar to, or people might consider that a form of grooming. Okay. So I'm a professional. So I have to,
2: conf- conf- I have to change what you just said. I have to at least, com- I have to at least challenge you on it. Nobody's concerned about anything that happened 10 years ago when a bunch of girls got rich. There's not a
1: single female complaining. Do you think there's not a single no, no, female no, no. complaining? Have
2: you seen one? Tell me.
1: We asked him about that well before he was arrested. And most people don't realize that, you know, months before he was arrested recently, his compound was raided by the Romanian police as part of that investigation. So the signs were there that something could be happening. When we were touring around his house, he was saying, can't take you there, that's classified. Don't go in there, that's classified. If you try and go in there, my security guard will put a gun in your face. You know, there were lots of signs, I I mean, it's it's almost kind of incredible that uh, no investigation, that, that, that this didn't happen sooner, you know, mm-hmm. given all that.
2: Yeah, I think just to add to that, like the term hiding in plain sight in terms of his content has never been more relevant, right? This is a man who, as you'll see in the archive, his own material that appears in our film, he's explicitly spoken about exploiting women, holding women against their will, getting women to work for him in the webcam business. These are all things he's said publicly on YouTube. So, I mean, personally like Andrew Tate got a lot of coverage in the last year and there were quite a lot of journalists from other publications who would go out there interview him and seemingly make no attempts to verify his claims Hmm. and I think that was something we found really really frustrating how much because he did become such a viral individual right I feel like a lot of journalists maybe flocked to him to sort of feed off that virality but they weren't willing to actually do the investigations to see you know, is there something more sinister behind the scenes here?
1: Yeah, and there's no excuse for that because the information was out there. You could see his page where he is pimping hosiery online. you know it, it it's kind of shocking that it took so long for you know anyone to kind of calm up on these things.
3: Hey, lovely listeners, and welcome back to Crime Analyst in the Intelligence Cell. In this episode, I want to talk about the latest in the case against Andrew Tate and his brother Tristan Tate. Now, Andrew Tate is best known for spreading hate, misogyny and violence on social media and getting his minions to repeat and spew the same disgusting and ignorant rhetoric in their lives and on social media. Now, if you are an American male between the ages of 12 and 20 with a TikTok account, top G as Andrew Tate likes to call himself, was an unavoidable presence and by the end of 2022, hashtag Andrew Tate had been searched on TikTok 22 billion times. That is insane to me. So we should all be paying attention to the type of influence that this man has on our children and on our family members and on our loved ones. And if you follow me on social media, you'll know that last year I asked for your help to report his content to all platforms. And I did that following many of you lot and you lovely mums contacting me saying that your sons had been spewing his rhetoric and that you were beside yourselves and didn't know what to do. So I felt that we needed a campaign to really spotlight his behaviour and his terrible influence and that it was breaching their own guidelines on all social media platforms. And yet he was being rewarded and being monetized for spewing hate and misogyny. And that is incredibly serious. And Daz Black, he also used his platforms to talk about Andrew Tate. And in fact, many women reported their experience of abuse at Andrew Tate's hands to him. And also True Geordie and Ethan from H Podcast and various others all did the same, all did the same using their platforms as a force for good, which resulted in him being banned from Facebook, Instagram and YouTube in August 2022 which was amazing. It shows the power of us. It shows that we can be a force for good. But unfortunately, Andrew Tate's legacy lives on. And yes, Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate were arrested in Romania on December the 29th, 2022, after his disturbing Twitter exchange with climate activist Greta Thunberg, where he boasted about his enormous carbon emissions. Now, just think about that. A 36-year-old man targeting a 19-year-old Greta Thunberg with sexual connotations about his, in inverted commas, enormous emissions. Well, the tweet that was most like was her response, where she completely burned him. But of course, being the person that Andrew Tate is, his psychopathology, he couldn't leave it there. And he responded with a video of him wearing this silky red robe Keep sliding his nipple out from the robe, smoking a cigar. I mean, it really sleazy and gross. Him ordering pizza and having the last word. But that pizza box housed him in Romania. And there was a lot of people thinking that because of that, that's why law enforcement understood where he was. And then they went through his doors and arrested him. And of course, a lot of people cheered. But actually, what I've learned from law enforcement is that he was under investigation before that. Actually, from April onwards, given multiple allegations that had been made. And I have to say, I also flagged him to law enforcement to be looked at as any other serious and organised criminal should be. And they were arrested. And they've been in custody and under investigation ever since. Now, three times the judge has denied them bail. And on March the 22nd, Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate's detention in custody was extended by yet another month. So that's the update that each time they want to be released in every 30-day period, the judge denies it. And this time, they are extremely upset about it, the poor dears, and their lawyers were speechless, apparently. Now, if you haven't watched my YouTube video about the case against Andrew Tate, I suggest that you go over and watch it. And you can also listen to me talk about the case on my other podcast, Real Crime Profile, with retired FBI profiler and former New York City prosecutor Jim Clementi and casting director for Criminal Minds Lisa Zambetti. And I do just want to say a quick thank you to all of you who've watched the video and also those who listened to the podcast and, of course, reported Andrew Tate on social media platforms. And if I could ask one more thing, if you could drop me a comment, let me know what you think about my work and this episode, and also leave a five-star review for Crime Analyst. If you like what I do, that would be amazing. Okay, so first things first. I've given a brief outline, but I just want to nutshell the case and recap it. So, as I said, the Tate brothers were arrested on December the 29th and they're being investigated regarding allegations of rape, people trafficking and forming an organised criminal network. Now, Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate deny any wrongdoing and claim that they're cooperating with law enforcement. They are extremely serious allegations that carry a significant sentence. As I said, each month they've had their bell denied and their release being pushed back for each 30-day period. And now we know that the case will next be heard at the end of April. Now, they were hopeful that they would actually be released on March the 29th, but the judge heard the case sooner on March 22nd and pushed back on this, and decided to hold them on preventative arrest for at least another 30 days. Now, the Tates and their lawyers are saying it's unjust, and that no new evidence was presented. And I've seen a lot of people and traffic on social media saying that, yes, this is unjust and how can this happen and there's no real case against them and that they should be released. Well, what was new and different in this hearing was that the judge addressed the Tates directly and asked them to respond directly to the prosecution's argument that they were a flight risk and a risk to public order. Now, after what was called a dynamic exchange, the judge ruled that the two men should be kept in preventative custody for another 30 days, and yes, that is unusual. All of this is unusual. However, what it reveals to me is that the judge believes them to be a flight risk and that they would cause serious problems on release, inciting others to act on their behalf and potentially threatening and intimidating witnesses. So what I want to do in this episode is look at the evidence to support the judge's decision, or indeed refute it, and then you can decide for yourselves. Okay. so firstly, a reminder that Tate said that he went to Romania due to lax rape laws and to escape Me Too and accountability. That's what he said in his own words, but that's clearly a learning moment for him, given what's unfolded. Secondly, Tate went to Romania in 2017, when he was still under investigation for rape and physical abuse by Hertfordshire police. In other words, he fled. He didn't wait for the investigation to conclude. So there's a clue. Thirdly, Tate, in his own words, said that he had multiple passports to escape the law, and I'm going to direct quote what he said in one of his videos. He said, If I fuck up big time and England wants me in jail, I can fly on a Nigerian passport. I have so many fucking passports. What are you going to do? Block them all? So that's another clue. I want to tell you about my sponsor, Factor. Factor makes healthy eating easy, and health and fitness starts with good food. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Fuel up fast with Factors, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I've had the chicken parmesan and the turkey chili and zucchini and they're delicious and I highly recommend them. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Now, they've done the maths and Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormills.com slash crimeanalyst50 and use code crimeanalyst50 to get 50% off. That's code crimeanalyst50 at factormills, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormills.com slash crimeanalyst50 to get 50% off. Fourthly, a lawyer acting for the Tates in the US contacted one of the alleged victims in the case and threatened to sue her and her family for U.S. dollars which is the equivalent of £244 million, for defamation, until she retracted her allegation. Fifth, on March the 15th, Rolling Stone reported that Tates' phone calls in prison have been recorded. Now, on January the 28th, he called his assistant, who patched him into a call with another associate. Now, Tate told him that he needed supporters, he needed women backing him up. He said that he needed girlfriends and female employees to talk about what a great guy he was and how he and his brother, who was also being held, were innocent. Now, according to a court document obtained by the Rolling Stone, Tate told the associate, and I quote, The clips that X and X, his two employees, have made have views, they're good, and they're hitting hard. He said, keep going, good job, over and over again, different ones. We need the girls to cry, to be frustrated and to be angry. Even women on social media claiming to be friends of Tate's, begging for the brother's freedom, are employees and girlfriends specifically instructed to do so, according to the prosecutors. These wiretapped conversations are evidence of a disturbing strategy that he's leaning on women. And this disturbing strategy was revealed by the prosecutors and put before the judge. Sixth, in terms of co-opting others to assist them, there's the petition to free the Tates, which got over 200,000 signatures. And more recently, there was this cancer rumour circulating, which turned out to be completely erroneous. But I sense it was a bit of PMS, poor me syndrome, and there may well be more of that to come to try and garner sympathy in light of all his other tactics failing. Seventh, interestingly, one of his lawyers, Eugene Widenek, told the BBC, and I'll quote him, he said, In all the volumes of the file, you never find one piece of paper with pornographic content to sustain the theory that the women were obliged to post pornographic content. But leak papers seen by the BBC outline testimony from a victim who claimed to be forced to earn £8,800 a month on social media under the threat of violence. Court papers also describe debts being used as a form of psychological coercion. Eight, prosecutors have identified six victims, four who've given testimony. Also and importantly, they're not just relying on the victim's testimony. They have evidence from the wiretapping and from the Tate's computers and programmes, and of course they're following the money. And I've heard that investigators have now begun looking into financial records with a new focus on possible money laundering. Ninth, Romanian authorities have so far seized more than $4 million in assets following the Tate's arrest, and they're looking at the brothers' assets in America, the UK and Ireland. Now, they're following the money on their computers, banking and programmes, and that takes time. But tenth, and rather importantly, in Romania, you can hold someone for up to six months without charging them. So there's that. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the judge decided to keep them in custody right up until that six-month limit has been reached. So those key ten points are really important. But talking of time... I want to share a more complete timeline with you. Okay, so in 2015, as I've already said, Andrew Tate was arrested and investigated by Hertfordshire Police for physical assault and rape. And after four years of being investigated, the Crown Prosecution Service declined to prosecute. Now, there has been a VICE investigation, and I highly recommend that you read that investigation, where multiple victims have come forward and they've revealed voice messages from Andrew Tate saying that he's the most dangerous man on the planet, that he choked the victim, and that he raped her. Now, this is his voice, it's his words, and it's his message. So that, to me, seems to be very clear evidence. In 2016... He wanted to be a reality star, and he went into the Big Brother house. So this is whilst that rape investigation was ongoing. But he was kicked out within days. There was a video posted online of him beating a woman. Now, he said that that was consensual, but I have to say it doesn't look consensual to me. But it's more likely that he was kicked out of the Big Brother house due to the ongoing rape and domestic abuse investigation. And it's not just Andrew who was arrested for domestic abuse. In 2014, Tristan was arrested for domestic assault. Now, Bedfordshire Police investigated him and dealt with it via an out-of-court disposal. Now, out-of-court disposals are supposed to be used for minor things to reduce caseload, and they shouldn't be used for domestic abuse. But that's what happened in this case. And in 2017, Andrew Tate wrote on Twitter that women must bear responsibility for being sexually assaulted and raped. I mean, this is just outrageous, and that's why he was banned. Now since, Elon Musk has brought him back, but he was originally banned from Twitter. Also in 2017, Andrew and Tristan Tate moved to Romania before the CPS decision was made. And in one now-deleted video, Andrew Tate admits that he relocated to Romania due to what he perceived as the country's less stringent laws regarding sexual assault. Now, I've already told you that part, but he also said, and I'll quote him, I'm not a fucking rapist, but I like the idea of just being able to do what I want. He said, I like being free. Now, those of you who know me and follow my work, you'll know I always say language matters. And it's not just what someone says, it's also what they do. So having got the message that Andrew Tate wasn't going to become the next big reality TV star, he started a new business, webcams, women making him money. And in 2018, he started the pimping hose degree. And for $450, you could get the video course. And on the website, he wrote this. My job was to meet a girl, go on a few dates, sleep with her, test if she's quality, get her to fall in love with me, to where she'd do anything I'd say, and then get her on the webcam so we could become rich together. And in a now-deleted PhD video, he instructs men how to convince their partners to get into sex work. He said... The only way me and you as a team are going to be rich people is if we get a bunch of girls to suck my dick together. I mean, this guy is a real charmer, isn't he? And it's not just what he's doing, it's what he's saying and also what he's instructing others to do. To go on a date, make her fall in love. This is a strategic campaign, this is love bombing and it's deliberate to gain control and to be able to manipulate and then to get a woman onto the webcam to make him money. So he called these his lover boy techniques and in inverted commas. I call it coercive control, and it is a crime in England and Wales and has been since 2015. And lover boy techniques, well, that's also a term that's used in sex trafficking. So there's that. Now, in 2021, he did an interview with venture capitalist and crypto booster Anthony Pompliano. Now, that interview was a podcast. And he bragged that he had a webcam business with 75 girls in different locations. And he framed his entry into the adult industry as his aha moment. He said that it was the ultimate life hack to subjugate women for profit as a way out of the matrix. And he uses that term matrix to refer to the nine to five grind. So just think about that. His aha moment is subjugating women for profit. And in 2021, he founded Hustlers University. Now, he said that he amassed more than 168,000 students, which at $49.99 per month would have earned him $8 million a month, and Tate's recently rebranded Hustlers University to the real world last year. Now, there was a course that he provided called the War Room Course, and you could sign up for $5,000. Those who joined were apparently encouraged to get their girlfriends to do online sex work and give their income to the men. And I quote, to look down on women to use and abuse them, to manipulate them, and get them to do what you want. And in December 2022, Andrew and Tristan Tate were arrested in Romania. Now, he tweeted to his 5 million followers that The Matrix sent their agents. So he was already putting out there that this was some form of setup. But there's clear evidence And there's also the self-incriminating statements that he's made. And I also just want to share a little bit of his family history, because it's always very important to understand where someone's come from and the influence on someone's life and their psychopathology. Well, Eileen is his mother, a hard-working single mother who brought up three children, Andrew, Tristan and Janine. Now, Janine is a feminist lawyer and women's rights activist and she's decided to have no relationship with Andrew and Tristan, her brothers. Now, the father was Emery, and he was an absent chess-playing genius. Interestingly, Andrew idolised his father, who died in 2015. He modelled himself and his views of masculinity on him, and he also, in his own words, described Emery as a rough man, a drinker, a gambler, and a womaniser, who spent months at a time away from the family to play chess. So that's a very interesting description. A rough man, a drinker, a gambler and a womanizer. And as I always say, someone who's a womanizer means that they're not emotionally available, which is hugely problematic, particularly for someone who's in a relationship and who's had three children and then decides to be absent, doing his own thing, drinking and gambling and playing chess and not being a responsible father and not stepping up to his responsibilities. Now, that says a lot about who he was, Whereas mum Eileen is hardworking. She's doing everything that she can to provide for her children. She moves back to the UK and she washed dishes. Like I said, she'd do everything and anything that she could to provide for the children. And I want to share just three other insights. Andrew Tate, in his own words, said, my mother was very much subservient to my father, which was a good thing. And he said that on a podcast. He continued, I think I learned a lot of my lessons, I guess on male-female dynamics to a degree, from my childhood. He said one time when he was six years old, Emery returned after more than a month away. He and his mum, Eileen, immediately got into a row and Emery turned and walked out the door, saying to Andrew, when you're older, you'll understand, your mother won't shut up. Andrew Tate then chuckled and raised his eyebrows. Your mother won't shut up. So perhaps Eileen was asking her husband, the father of three children, to step into his responsibilities. I don't know whether that was the situation, but I would imagine that it probably was. And that was his response. And the children are witnessing and hearing all of this. And it's no wonder that Eileen moved back to the UK. And there's another time that Andrew Tate talked about where Emery had returned and he was very angry about the two boys' haircuts. And he took Andrew to a barber and he told the barber to shave Andrew's head. And he told Eileen that she was, and I quote, raising his sons to be bitches. Hmm, what a comment. Who does that sound like? Might it be Andrew? In many of his videos? But well, there was certainly one where he's carrying a machete and he mimics what he'd do if a woman accused him of cheating and he said, "It's bang out the machete, boom in her face, and then grip her up by the neck. Shut up, bitch." In another video, he compared women to dogs and children. He said he preferred to have sex with 18 and 19-year-olds because they've and I quote, been through less dick. He even appeared to endorse sexual slavery once insisting on Dave Portnoy's podcast that a woman in a relationship belongs to the man, and I quote, the intimate parts of her body belong to him. In August, Tate was removed from TikTok, YouTube and the Meta platforms for this hate speech. Misogynistic, entitled, male privilege, coercive control, inciting physical violence and abuse, all in his own words, his own self-incriminating statements the treasure trove of social media where it was all out there for the prosecutors to collect, to analyse and to present to the court. So perhaps the judge, who's heard all of the evidence thus far and who's assessed that they are indeed a flight risk and a risk to public order due to their notoriety and subversive tactics and influence and the fact that they appear to be doing everything they can to silence the victims, might have a point in deciding to keep them in custody, don't you think? What are your views? Let me know. The next court date will be the end of April, so there's more to come on this case. Until next time, be curious, ask questions and always trust your instincts. Here's my final two cents before the episode wraps. If you like what I do, please take two minutes to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to Crime Analyst or on the website www.crime-analyst.com. It really helps others find me and also helps with the ratings. Crime Analyst is written, produced, and hosted by me, Laura Richards. Sound engineering by Jason Sheasley at Abridged Audio. Cover art and graphics by Chris Rowbottom at Syndicate and music by Kilrood.
0: Some places take you
1: away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.